This is Design Safe Radio, where natural hazards researchers strive to make our society more resilient to everything nature throws at us. So you alluded to earlier another exciting piece of technology that you guys have put in. I, I got to see kind of the tail end of the construction of it back in 2019 and was blown away. <laughs> Yes. Um, by, <laughs> the flow field modulator. Can you, can you tell a little, little bit? I mean, it sounds like something yeah. Marvin the Martian would build it. The Illudium Q36 yeah, flow field well, modulator. But it's <laughs> and I should say, really out of cool. the mind of Forest Masters. So this was actually part of our original MRI grant from NSF that kind of funded the construction of the wind tunnel. But this was kind of the last piece of the puzzle. Um, and so this kind of builds on what I was saying earlier about what a typical boundary layer wind tunnel can simulate, which are those synoptic events where you know, the statistics remain the same. Um, and there's, you know, as I've said, certainly a place for that. We've gotten great use out of it and we will continue to get great use out of it. But what a typical boundary layer wind tunnel doesn't have the ability to do is to simulate transient events, um, gust fronts, uh, downbursts, thunderstorms. And these are actually some of the most damaging wind phenomena. Yeah. And not having the ability to simulate that has limited the kind of questions that we can answer, you know, um, how these types of fronts and profiles and events impact structures and how we can design safer structures, there's just a tremendous amount of kind of open questions um, that are out there related to this. So, yeah. the so normally a wind, a wind tunnel takes a long time to get up to speed. Mm-hmm. You sustain that speed for your test. It takes a long time, you know, 30 seconds to a minute or whatever to, to ramp back down. You can't change the wind speed quickly. That's, that's exactly. the issue with the typical wind. And not speed. only can you not change the wind speed quickly, but you're also limited to what we call a neutral profile. So that's that kind of monotonically increasing profile. So, you know, slower wind speeds down at the floor, higher wind speeds as you go up. But a gust front or a downburst absolutely doesn't look like that. The profile mm. of a downburst is you're going to have much higher speeds down at the ground, then you are going to have higher up. And that's just not the type of profile you can create in a wind tunnel because you, in a, in a typical boundary layer wind tunnel, you're, you're relying on those roughness elements to create the profile. You get kind of mechanical turbulence from those roughness elements and that's it. You know, you can increase the height of the elements. You can kind of change how they're configured, but you can't change the, you can't, you know, do any appreciable change of that profile. Right. The flow field modulator, I guess I should say what, what it is, it is a bank of 319 individually controlled fans. And these are fast, you know, these have very fast responses. Really fast. Kind of, yeah, built on like RC, you know, um, hobby device control, you know, so they, they yeah, really think like respond. a whole swarm of drones. Yes, it's very loud, too. You have your ear protection. Um, And each of these 319 fans are individually controllable, different speeds, different frequencies. You can have them in phase with one another, out of phase with one another. You You can can have have them them opposite directions, right? What's that? They can even go opposite directions from each other. They can go opposite directions. You can have, exactly. And so so we're not the first, you know, I should say, we're not the first facility to try to simulate transient or non-synoptic events in a wind tunnel. What's unique about our facility is the scale. Okay, these 319 fans, but it's really the degrees of freedom we have. I mean, they're just like endless possibilities with what we can do because of the number of fans, because of their flexibility and their responsiveness. Um, and so there's just a lot that we can do in this facility now that we weren't able to do before. And frankly, there's not really other facilities that have this mm-hmm. capability. Um, 
And so because we can control these fans individually, say, for example, by changing, you know, various rows of the fans, you can change the shape of the profile. You can Mm. speed the wind up down low, have it slower up top. You can create what we call a bullnose profile where you get those higher speeds down low. It looks like a bullnose, you know, that might look like a downburst or some type of gust front. Um, And so, like I said, I mean, there are just so many open questions with, you know, how that impact structures, what are the loads that they see? And, you know, there's a lot of opportunity for research in this area. Um, and the flow modulator, not only can it create those different profiles, those non-neutral profiles, but it, you can also replay time histories. And so, you know, we've recently demonstrated um, uh, replaying. So we, I should say, you know, there's a field research arm that comes out of our lab that um, does essentially storm chasing, going out and collecting Um, you know, wind and rain data during landfalling hurricane events. And so we have a wealth of data collected during hurricanes, you know, wind speed data. Um, And we took a record from Hurricane Ike and we were, and and I should say these towers that we deploy, you know, we're capturing wind speeds at different heights. So say, you know, five meters and 10 meters. And so we can take those records now and replay them in the wind tunnel. So it's not you know, it's not, it, again, that's the kind of epitome of non-transient. We are playing a time history in the wind tunnel that we can now impose directly on models. Um, so again, the, the, the amount of questions that we can now ask, let alone try to start answering, has really increased with this new capability. That is, that is really cool. Like, so to, to give people a, a sense of scale, and like, what's kind of your typical wind speed that you have at your um, kind of steady state, and then what can you add to or subtract from that with the, the flow field modulator? So that's a great question. And I guess I should say that this, the flow field modulator is commissioned and it's open for business and it's ready for users. But because of all the degrees of freedom that I mentioned, we're st- we just have so much characterization that we're still working on. I will say that the free stream velocity of each individual fan is 20 meters per second. And so, you know, that kind of gives you an idea of mm-hmm. what we can generate per fan. Um, and so, you know, that, that gives you an idea, but in terms of what you're going to see at the test section and what that'll look like, we're, we're still working on the characterization and, and in terms of having kind of the data at my fingertips, I don't necessarily have that right now, but we're starting to put, I will say uh, on our website on design safe, we're starting to put out the characterization data, um, you know, as, as it becomes available because we want it to be ready for people to use in their proposals. So I can certainly get that information, um, as it becomes available. Yeah. So that's part of the exciting thing is, I mean, this is very new. Like if you're wanting to out there, you're maybe a associate professor and and wanting to get your hands dirty on the, Mm -hmm. you know, this new technology, like you get to be some of the first people to try it out. Yeah. We're, we're really excited. We actually, um, you know, at the suggestion of our review panel, frankly, when we got renewed, as I said, you know, this is a, this is potentially, you know, an amazing resource for this research community, but you need an advisory committee. You need, you need to get a group of people that can really tell you to, to provide guidance on, you know, how to make sure that we are providing um, a tool in a way, you know, with the capabilities um, and with the characterization that's going to be of most use to the research community. And so we put together a fantastic advisory committee, if I do say so myself, you know, some of the kind of leaders in the field that have been working on non-synoptic, you know, simulation, 
data collection. We're working with, you know, those that go out and collect the field data because we have to figure out what are the targets? What is it that we actually want to simulate? Mm -hmm. And that's going to require, you know, really uh, pulling from field data that's been collected during these events. And these events can be hard to capture because you don't know when and where exactly they're going to happen. And so we've been working with folks that collect the data. We work with folks that have done, you know, um, kind of simulation, but also modeling, you know, the, you know, researchers that are working on various, you know, large eddy simulation and other types of, you know, computational fluid dynamics that are going to also help inform the types of simulation that we do. Um, so yeah, we, we, we have this tool and, and I should say it's open for different types of users. If, if you don't have a familiarity with this and you want to just come in and use it, we can give you some target profiles and say, all right, you know, here, here are the profiles we're going to run on this. And we can, you know, meet the needs of your research problem. But if you do really, as a researcher, want to come in and dig in with us on, all right, what's the best way to simulate this? And how do I want to do my scaling? And, you know, we can also work with you at that level, too. So it's definitely open for use, you know, by a range of users with a range of experience. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Design Safe Radio. This show is sponsored by the National Science Foundation grant number 1612144. You can subscribe to Design Safe Radio on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find your podcasts. Please leave us a review so we can improve the show. Please also help others find our episodes in iTunes. Thanks for your feedback and support. You can find out more about NARI at designsafe-ci.org, on Facebook at Design Safe Radio, or on Twitter at NARI Design Safe.